welcome to Conversations About Life. Thanks, Aaron, for being a guest on the podcast. And I'll kind of introduce you. And then if you need to fill anything out or add anything, you know, you can do that. But um, my daughter connected us. So you work with Gracie and you worked with my other daughter, Ellie, too, at Next Step. Though is it is it still called Next Step? Or I know you kind of combine with Pony Bird. And, they call it Pony Bird now. They call it Pony yeah. Bird now. And... Um, it's anyway. hard not to call it next step <laughs> because yeah. that's what we always knew it as, but it's how, Pony Bird. How long have you been there? Oh, gosh. I want to say, I think they gave me something for five years service not too long ago. So I guess it's been a little over five years. Okay. Yeah. Five years. Well, that's a pretty good while. You must enjoy it there if you've been there that long. Yeah, I do. I do. It's, um, you know, they've gotten rewards about being a, a great place to work um, through the paper or something or whatever. And I really, and, you know, some things really do, I really do believe that's true. That it is a great place to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I've tried to describe it before. You probably could describe it better than I could. Like, so what do you all provide or do at Pony Bird? I'm probably not the best person to say it, but this is how I would say it. Um, it's, de- it's developmentally disabled people that have abilities that you they can't contribute in society in the community through volunteer services, and um, so we try to get them out in the in the community, and we try to maintain their skills that they have, which they all have some type of challenge, just like I have a challenge because I have bipolar. They have a challenge that's that's totally different, and um, and we maintain their skills and try to uh, increase their uh, their uh, their living skills. Yeah, I would say that. Okay, so they have some kind of independent living skills is is what we always hope for, but it's not always it's not everybody has limitations. Right. Mm-hmm. So they have like some kind of developmental challenge, but you said they can contribute. Um, did you say that or did you say they can't contribute? They can very much so contribute. Yes. I mean, (laughs) you know, they're my most genuine friends. I think I I mean, yeah, I'm staff, but I'm one of them. I really am. I really am. Okay. And, um, yeah, Ellie, I mean, um, both Ellie and Gracie has told me about some of the things that go on that they, they have different, um, things they're working on, trying to learn, and that um, the staff does different things with them from cooking to working on learning their uh, to count change and just all kinds of various things. Like yeah, that. and they do Meals on Wheels, and they do um, the different uh, pet societies that need, need help with their animals that need adopted and there's just the list goes on of what they uh, where they can go and do and they can you know whether it be recycling um there's the list goes on and you know they're open to do it they want to work um maybe they don't want to work all day (laughs) but um they they want they want to do that they want to contribute they want to help and they're very helpful people and i and um and i'm one of them (laughs) and the staff is just helping them Mm-hmm. Do that. Yeah, okay. you know we, you know I I I do consider myself somewhat of a role model, but uh, 
um, yeah, they'll model after me. If I have, if I want to act like the job isn't uh, a good job to do or not fun, I'll, they'll think it's not fun. But if I act like it, um, I'm, it's not always an act, you know. But in, in some ways, we always have we have some type of performance we put on um, to actually get us through the day. Um, but uh, in general, uh, it's always an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you said you have bipolar. Yeah. So. What what's by what is that? Well, I don't even know what that is because because one thing is is you can't a doctor just can't look at you and say you're bipolar. Um, you go through um, episodes where you have manics or depressions and um, and you've displayed grandiose thoughts or um, just things that are not yourself and um, and through those things. Um, you learn to develop yourself and evolve yourself into who you are and who's God made you to be. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. But it's um, from being a high achiever to to working with developmentally disabled, I've sometimes I I sometimes I think, gosh, what did I do wrong? But a lot of times I think, man, I did something really right because I'm blessed to be able to do this. I mean, yeah, I was good at the job before, but once I got sick, I couldn't handle the stress. I still have a hard time handling stress. Medicines don't just, medicines don't cure you. You have, this is a brain chemistry thing. And, um, and, um, I have to, I have to, um, I I shouldn't say I have to, I, I would say that my wife and I have to, face this thing every day and try to do the next right thing, the next step to um, staying healthy. Yeah. How long ago was it when you were diagnosed with bipolar? Oh, it was 1993, and I continued working at, at uh, USDA as a loan officer and ag management specialist for another three years. But uh, I was just continually in the hospital, and um, I, I was a train wreck. And I was so much of a train wreck that... Um, I basically was depressed for three years, and um, and then I just started uh, following what what uh, those grandiose thoughts were, you know, of of um, you know, I, I re- uh, they were grandiose thoughts, and but everybody has these thoughts, you know. You don't you, you say I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of thinking that, but when when I when I think when I think down at my core, yeah, I would have liked to have been um, a spiritual Billy Graham or or, a, a, or some type of um, or some type of um, presidential advisor, and the list goes on of the things because it's, it is an illness. But um, but the thing is, is when that happened, as Sick as I was and as disappointed of what was going on in my life, um, I did get closer to my girlfriend at that time. Even though that didn't end up working out, I did get closer to my friends. I did get closer um, to actually being a youth pastor for three years. And that's that's where I got my spiritual strength because, you know, even in college, I was I was a peer minister and... Um, but you know what? Uh, until I really sat down and said, "God, are you? Uh, you know, 
you, I've heard this said before. Some people like the founding fathers were like deists. A lot of times I just think God just, at, at one time in my life, I thought God just wound the clock and he had his, he had his revelation to us in his love letter of the Bible. And we just followed it the best we could. And we did our part, but there is a real relationship not that I follow it daily, because I, if you, if you would tell me right now, what have you learned from your illness? And I'll say this: I call someone called me on the phone. It's my girlfriend. She says, "What's happening? What what's what's all this is going on?" And she, and she felt some of this was God led to, which which can be the charismatic part of it. You, the people you're involved with don't expect this from you, so they kind of they kind of get into it a little bit and then then they like have to step back and um but um but as it goes on year after year um people realize that this is an illness and um i guess when i summed it up i said i don't know what's happening i'm thinking these things but all i know is i'm to be an example of love and at that time i i um i said a man of honor but I later looked up in uh, in the Greek lexicons or or devotional Bible that it also means that word in the Greek was uh, to avoid strife. And one of my hardest parts in life was not to be upset about things, to not show visible upset, being upset, and um, and to be a man of integrity. And now I no way came close to being those things. But I do believe that if there's one thing that came out of that is it was an emphasis on actually looking at those things and seeing what those things are in my life. And, um, and to realize that I either need to edify people, be a light to people, or I need to um, step back and not be a hindrance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you were mentioning how... Um, at one time, you kind of thought of God as more, uh, kind of like, not connected, like a deist view. Yeah, of, stoic kind of thing. It's it's right. not it's not the it's not the way God is. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so now you think of God, become more relational and involved with us, and um, so like, so why? Like, how did that change for you? And like, what is your relationship like? With, you know, with God, how do you experience Him? I guess. That's a really difficult question because when you have ups and downs like I do um, and the depressive things, you think, is God a liar? And, you know, and, um, and then you know you're a liar. <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, you're thinking, do people, what, okay, I'm a follower, but do I follow this to the letter and T? And I don't have, and I've learned that I can't do that. And I have to allow, I, I don't, God's not a God of confusion. He's not a God of condemnation, but he's a God of conviction. He convicts me on certain things. And sometimes I, and sometimes I think I'm doing the right thing. And sometimes I just have to step back and say, I don't know, God, I don't know. Show me another time. Show me again. Um, Help me, because that's the main. That's the main thing. Help me, because, um, as I said, I don't want to be a hindrance to other people. Um, people are hindrances to me too, um, and um, people edify me too. And um, 
And sometimes, um, I want to say that I don't know fact and fiction. Um, I don't know another person's life or what makes them say or do or want to do another thing. And just as I have said so many things that I look back at now and I said, that was way off. Um, but, um, for me, since my illness has a deep obsession in spirit, uh, spiritual things, um, I do have to step back a lot and I do have to be, I don't want to say recluse, but, um, I do a lot of things on my own and I don't, I don't put my faith in man. I will say that, uh, because, um, um, I don't put my faith in me either. I put my faith in Jesus. Um, what, I don't know. What do you think I'm trying to say? I don't try to help me. Well, so I guess, so I guess like, you know, what gives you confidence, um, that, you know, that God is and that he's relational and it's not just you, um, it's not just a one-sided okay. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this I know. He loved me first. I'm his follower. Now, whether I follow him correctly, but he does direct my steps. I've seen so many instances in my life where he's directed my steps. And it's not about being successful. It's about putting yourself in a the direction of meekness and uh, humbleness and self-control and, um, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, I mean, when you, uh, the, the lowest, the common denominator is, is that he is love and I choose to love him because he chose to love me first. And he brought, he sent Jesus to die for me. And though I'm a sinner, because of grace, I have the, had the opportunity that I would have never had if it wasn't for Jesus. So how did that begin with you? Like, did you grow up with knowing God and learning about him? Or did you have like a well, conversion experience from not knowing to knowing him? This or? is pretty, this, this is probably not going to sound the best. But um, yeah, I, my parents were good about having me go to church. And uh, my parents were very good about... Uh, uh, about giving me opportunities to to do things, um, my girlfriend was an excellent Christian family where they did, you know, the tithing, every single thing. I want to say every single thing, though I don't know, but it just made um, it was a peaceful home. Hmm. Um, I mean. Yeah. Um, I imagine it wasn't much different than here. Um, and um, I'm not going to say that. I'm not, I, I think my parents did the best they could. I think I did the best I could. And I think for being a German, we probably were pretty typical. Um, and, um, but I would say that my biggest, my biggest, um, my biggest, uh, Epiphany, I guess, was um, 
was having a girlfriend that was really close to God and her family close to God and then losing the girlfriend and like thinking, oh man, you really messed up. And then thinking, well, maybe if I go be a peer minister and facilitate all the programs and do the Bible study and, and, um, maybe, maybe that, maybe that'll change and everything will change back, you know, but of course it doesn't work that way. And it it wasn't supposed to, but I, I do know this much that, um, they, they were as much the groundwork as anything to me moving forward, as well as my pastor, which was, um, he would keep me afterwards at, at Bible study. I mean, not Bible studies, but youth, youth club or whatever, because I was misbehaving and I was kind of a, I want to say I was a leader, um, and not always leader in the best ways. Um, and he would say, you, you remind me so much of me when I was a child. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking, man, you're bald headed. You got you got glasses. I'm an athlete. I'm I'm I don't know what I want to say. I want to say other things, but that but this this just the I was just like, how how do you see yourself in me? But that was just me being prideful. And and as it turned out, his first church he ever preached at. I mean, he ever pastored was a a, a predominantly black church. And I would think. Because I, I, when he told, when I saw that picture, I think, man, oh man, you was a pastor there. Can you sing and dance? And then, and then, basically, when I was, a, 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 not when I was a peer minister, but when I was a youth pastor, and I actually took over for the pastor at times, um, it was a predominantly black church, and I don't sing and dance, believe me. But you know what? I tried my best. I mean, they. They taught me cotton field songs, and I could do that because it's kind of a, you don't have to have, a, I mean, it's more of a, a pace <laughs> rather than a, a nice voice or whatever. And um, But what I want to say is, is this illness opened me up to things that I wasn't comfortable with and probably wouldn't do relationally because I was more deist and I was more based on performance, not of that I was a child of God. I was I thought that my you know when I when I, when I did teach Bible study at, at even when before I got ill at the at the church um I would do Dale Carnegie stuff stuff you know self-help so you know it's not that it's not that's not where it's at it's, it's you know God God makes us all who we can be and what we can do it's not us alone I mean, you know, as the farmer would say, uh, uh, well, well, God had this. It was all, I want to see, say like that, like if you ever seen the movie Shaq, how that, it was all beautiful, but it was all, it was all overgrown. But when they harvested it down and they, and, and they actually care took for it and but was good stewards, it's totally different. And that's, that's, uh, for me, that's, um. Uh, what I always dream that we happens with me and my wife and God, um, that we all, uh, our three, Brent, we will all um, be bound together and not easily fall. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I can kind of 
get what you're talking about, like when you think of God as not so much like intimate, close to us, and then kind of being more into Christianity, more like a self-help type of thing, like this is just about improving my life and who I am, whereas um, that's kind of different than um, like encountering God and um, just experiencing His love and also just the way He completes us. Because I think that we um, tend to strive for um, being something like in life, just so that we feel like we've um, fulfilled our purpose or something like that, you know, striving to be good, in other words, and um, we encounter him and and it's almost like, and it is like he takes care of that for us, like he, like in the Bible, the word justified is used quite a bit, like he justifies us and it's like. It's By given, his righteousness. Right. It's given yeah. to us a gift mm-hmm. and it almost it, like it fulfills whatever we were striving for and we're just accepted. And and that kind of, in a way, that kind of frees us to yeah. then go out and do whatever we're going to do because it's like it's not performance any longer. Yeah. It's, I, I, I try not to chase anything anymore. I, my, my, you know how. You know, everybody has the low thoughts and the high thoughts, but on my true self, I think about what will God have me do for a job in heaven or on the, you know, the thousand year realm or whatever, uh, reign or whatever, or what, what will my voice be like? What will we do? Will we have, you know, I looked at Jefferson Barracks and they have like a little thing about the skirt, that there'd be skirmishes up in, up in heaven. And I thought, could that be possible? That no one was hurt, but and but it seems so real. Anything that is our passion, he's gonna. I would imagine if it's if it's better than you can imagine, he's gonna take your passion. He's gonna take everything that 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 he wove into you, and and he's going to let it flourish. And um, and I. And I hope that I I hope to be in heaven and and be because that that is uh, my heart's desire is to be in heaven and to actually not struggle you know to actually not feel like I'm not enough to not to actually know I belong and um and to have something that that God has stored for me because because I at least made an effort. Um, or I at least said, yes, I accept you, Lord Jesus. Well, it seems like some of that, in a way, we can experience that now, the acceptance. Mm-hmm. And um, just, uh, I mean, it's a hope. It's something that we don't see. But I think uh, God's Spirit kind of bears witness to us that, well, Paul, he, you know, he said, uh, God's love has been shed abroad in our hearts or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's... a some kind of a spiritual witness that we're accepted because of Jesus and we are even now and that he looks upon us and smiles at us and we're his children. And so a lot of, you know, the things we do spiritually, like uh, praying, singing, Sabbath, probably 
it seems to me like they just help that to sink in more, you know, so it's not about like doing something, mm-hmm. but it's more of just yeah. allowing him to impact us more or so to speak. I think it does do so much for a person. And for me, I went to seminary to try to learn those spiritual disciplines and, and, um, it's not that I didn't want to, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't how I ticked, really. Um, not maybe I was just measuring myself up to too many other people, and um, and um, for some reason, when I did, when I tried, when I tried putting time on how long I was going to pray, or how much I was going to read, or how much I was going to study. I just felt um, condemnation that it was never enough, never enough. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I, I kid you not, I, I watched the movie Kung Fu Panda, which, <laughs> which I, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or mm-hmm. not, but it kind of it kind of takes it kind of takes a big a big guy, which is a panda. And it gives a little story of, <clears throat> and actually the the uh, the one that kind of is the master of them all, the kung fu or whatever, is Ugla, I think, and that means oneness in God. And the guy is just a simple guy. He's just a simple guy. It is what it is. I mean, he didn't say it. I don't even know what his his language is. But it. But the thing is, is is he just he just. He just he just lives happily, and not that he doesn't reverent God, because he does. But he he lets God speak to him, or else it wouldn't be oneness of God. You know, you wouldn't choose Kung Fu Panda, which is this big fat thing that really just wants to uh, not take things seriously. And but um, it's uh, you know, if God chooses you, God chooses you. And what he chooses you to do, he will see that it's done in the way that he wants it done. Um, and uh, and it, it might not come to, I, there's scripture where it says that it'll come, I mean, he's the author and perfecter of your faith. And um, even if it doesn't happen, he, you know, because, you know, in, in the faith chapter of Hebrews 11, it says, for those who were promised and they they didn't get the promise, you know, they were Hey, those are the guys that are the most faithful of all. Um, and then everybody else, they all did great. But, you know, there's so many character flaws in each and every one of us and each and every one of the heroes of faith that when you start when you start beating yourself up and when you start not believing in grace and not believing that's the most important thing and not and when you start thinking that, you can operate in a way in which doesn't make you feel cheerful or make you feel loved or make you feel like you're this who you are yourself as a pre-being, then I don't think that's the way you should be operating. Because I think that's more that's more uh, you're operating under the law rather than grace. Hmm. But uh, but you know, you can say you can say so many things. I might be saying something I mean that's that they say don't add or subtract from scripture. I might be adding or subtracting from scripture, and I don't want to do that. Everybody has to 
fill it out for themselves. Because God is not just talking to one person. He's talking to every one of us in some way, an opportunity every day, most likely. Mm-hmm. So there's a way to operate in which it's like you're not feeling love, you're not feeling grace, but it's more like a like operating or living in a way that's kind of more like striving like to be something on your own or something like that. Is that what you're no, saying? Or? Um, one of those things that I, I said before was to avoid strife. Mm-hmm. I think I think what I'm trying to say is um, um, you're definitely not trying to avoid, you're, you're definitely not striving. I think what you're doing is you are embracing who you are and what opportunities you have. And um, you're embracing, um, I had a good word come up to my mind, and it, it must not be worth it, worth saying again, because I can't can't think of it again. But I, I, I had something, I had it right on the tip of my tongue, and I went back to, to the most important thing is that for me, a man of common honor is a person that avoids strife, which is, which is striving to do something uh, for themselves and for the, in their own glory or striving to be a person that is, um, for me, uh, get mad, to um, yell, to show dominance, um, because that, that is not, I mean, uh, that... I, there's there's no, never been any righteous anger in my life um, that um, like Jesus had uh, because and and that's God pointed that out to me. So that's what you're trying to avoid, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to operate in a way where you feel loved and feel yeah. grace and that type of thing, right? Well, you know, like I said, the the best way to explain it to me is to watch that kung fu that kung fu panda type movie because. At the especially on the third one is that they all, you know, they all were able to accomplish something that was not. I just want to say that you operate in a way in which you show love, and that you, um, I, I, I mean, Kung Fu Panda is not the answer. I'm not saying that. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is is that we all have, um, there's the priesthood of all believers, okay? Now, not, not, um, even though, even though um, prophesy is also another word for preach, we're not all preachers. We all have our different talents, whether it be mercy or whether it be teaching or whether it be, you know, all, all those um, type of things. But um, when we operate the way we feel cheerful to operate, the way we feel um, productive, uh, even if it's not productive, it, if because you know a lot of times just just listening to somebody is is probably the most important thing to do, and as my wife would say, validating, <laughs> and that's a hard thing to do um, because sometimes you don't want to hear things and validate things that you don't want to believe, um, but. What I, what I will say is that uh, I believe the Bible. I try not to add or or uh, subtract from it. Um, and if for some reason I can't achieve the things in the Bible, I ask for help 
And, um, and if I can't achieve the things in the Bible, I ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and that happens a lot. So why the Bible? Um, like what gives you confidence in it? And, you know, why is it so important to you? Uh, because it's my hope of a future that um, I won't have tears, a hope of a future where I'll be um, all that God wants me to be. Um, I, um, even though I'm, even though I am, uh, I do contribute to society, um, and I am a follower, and I, I have discipled people before. I'm still not. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just me. And, uh, and I, 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 love, I love it when God plants things. I love it when God causes things to grow. And if he can use me, that's great. But I know he uses so many people. And, I'm, and, um, and I don't even think you have to be a believer in order to be used by God. Yeah. So, in other words, the Bible holds out a lot of hope, I guess. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> what hope is there if there's not Jesus? Yeah. And uh, hope is a hope is a powerful word. Um, hope's a powerful word. Yeah, grace is even more powerful, I think. And then Jesus is Jesus saves. I mean, that and and for me, a sinner, that's the most powerful thing, because I have eternal life because Jesus saves, and He says it because of because I believe in Him, and I try to do. As he's commanded, and follow him, and um, I think it's, I think I hope it's enough. If I just barely get in, I'll be happy, because that's, 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 that's the, that's the uh, pinnacle of life is to have life with Jesus. Yeah, well, what gives you your confidence before God, like your that He's accepting you and that He looks upon you and with acceptance, you know, and, and that type of thing? Um, I think it's his attributes. I think it's his attributes. I think he's omnipresent. He's omnipowerful. He's, um, he's, uh, he, he never, he never lies, even though you might think, uh, you might think, can you be lying to me? Cause even, I think even, um, I don't know, someone in the Bible asked, asked God if he was a liar. And it's like, Oh, I can't believe that was there. Um, but um, I, you mean, probably don't, I, I, I wish I had that reference for you right now. But um, I don't. Um, I, I could actually talk to my friend and actually get it. But, um, but the thing is, is even though I don't know fact and fiction, and I don't know much, and, as the, more, and the more I learn about God, the more I realize I don't know very much at all or probably. But I do know that God loves me. And that he has given Jesus for a reason. And um, that reason is because he didn't want me to perish. And he didn't want, he didn't want my neighbor to perish. He didn't want, um, he didn't want anybody to perish. But um, he wanted us to, I mean, the greatest sin is to, is, is to not choose to love Jesus back. Well, I kind of jotted down some questions and just in advance thinking about our Conversation. So let me just look through them and see what um, I'd like to just. Um, well, one thing I'd like to ask 
is like, do you have any routines in your life that either daily or weekly or periodically or whatever that are just meaningful to you that mean a lot, like, you know, kind of a, a ritual or routine or something like that? Um, you know, before COVID, we used to go to church pretty much every Sunday and we used to take people. But since then, we started, my wife and I both have started uh, doing things all across the internet of different services and collaging with people and just, um, you know, that collaging every every second week is important to me because, first of all, someone, not, not every collage group has Jesus as the, focal point but it does have a higher power and it has a meditation um and you can you can use jesus's name anytime you want i mean um it's not it's not a real it's not a real um it's a very it's a very um hope put it this way people when you have when you have your collage to speak you you actually write something for it and it goes back to something that's spiritual to you or something that's a, a lifetime experience that you're trying to figure out. Um, you know, John Wesley always said that uh, whenever he was in a thought process, he would, um, he would use um, scripture as primary. He would use uh, experience as hallmark and, um, he would also use tradition and history and reason. Now, I was told by a Baptist people, and I know you're Baptist, that 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 is not um, that is not the way to actually go through a thought process. But it is a way to actually think and to actually, um, I mean, it is a way to actually put it up against Scripture and um, and. Um, it's a way to um, to give yourself when you're writing something down. I think that's very important because you're not you can write down where you're at now, where you're going, who you want to, to pray for, who you want. You can write a lot of things down, and you can see God do things. and And I think that's important. As you, I mean, you're not saved by miracles. You're not saved by preaching. But you are saved by the Word of God in a way. Um, you, when you actually see things and you see the Word of God actually not in error, and then at the same time, you have to realize you have all these onions of Scripture and prophecy and all that, and they all point to Jesus. And and um, I, I'm not saying that it doesn't like say, oh, that's, I'm going to point that out as not being true. But when you... When you, I, you know, I said something really bad to your your daughter the other day. I said, I really don't have much use for a Gideon Bible, <laughs> but um, and it, and it's not because it's not that it, it's not. I I got to think about that. I think, man, I do have use for a Gideon Bible, but and there's but and that always negates the first part, which I which I, I always because uh, but because I'm not I should not negate a Gideon Bible. What I'm saying is, is when you look at things in the Hebrew and the Greek, and you look at study Bibles of, of these great scholars that have really dedicated their lives to that, you, 
you're you're opening yourself up to so much more revelation and it doesn't have to, it doesn't mean it's from god um but it but it gives you a point where you can actually have an educated um thought process and actually decide for yourself and that's that's what god wants he wants us to decide things for ourselves and the foremost thing is God says, I love you. Do you choose to love me back? And um, and I go, God, I choose to love you back, but I don't know how to love you very well. And that's where a lot of people are. They're not only in that with loving God, but they're not with loving whoever and whatever. Um, and that's... That's 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 the common denominator, I think, of all people, and and if people have the confidence that they are loving God well, I I feel so, I feel so. Um, I say I say you're very blessed because not everybody is is able to do that, and and it and it could be for a combination of reasons, but. <laughs> And I, I hate to say, use the word but because I'm, there is going to be a day when there's no weeping, there's no confusion, there's no condemnation, there's no, no none of these bipolar type symptoms that really um, mess with, um, with what you know is true and what you... Um, what is your glory and what is God's glory? Um, because the thing is, is to live humbly before your Lord. I mean, I uh, the the best example I have is uh, I like a guy that does country music and Christian songs named Paul Overstreet, and um, he writes some of the most wonderful Christian songs, and he's wrote some of the most wonderful country songs. Um, and I, I follow him because he does things with uh, focus on the family, and I follow him wherever I can. He doesn't he doesn't get out very much because, uh, but he has a sense of humor. He you know he tells the times when he thought he was just going to give up all the country music uh, singing and songs and just do uh, just do uh, Christian, but uh, and he basically did, but. Uh, the thing is, is it's not it's not you're you're not necessarily sold out if you're just given the light of Jesus all the time, but when you when you cross over to another genre of music or you cross over from being in your places where your friends are that all believe the same as you, and you're actually not going somewhere to to make your point gospel, um, but to actually live life with like like Jesus did. I mean, he did he never compromised himself, but um you know, he um you know, I even though even though my my illness is is uh manageable, I'm sick and that's why and I need Jesus. And I probably would not know have known that if it hadn't been for this illness. Um cuz I would have been going out there 
preaching Dale Carnegie and all kinds of things and trying to make as most most money I could make. And um and I probably would have been doing pretty well. And um but I'm I am who I'm supposed to be according to Jesus. You know, you mentioned a collage group. I've never heard of that. Like what kind of uh a group is that? Well, they do meditations, and they, you can you can get on the internet. My wife is the one that sets me up because I'm not very technological. I can't even say the word. Um, but um, what you do is you um, what what happens is is you all have probably a half hour to look through magazines and talk um, about the meditation type. It's like a devotion type thing, and then we say it's time to put your pictures together. You put your pictures together. You take time to write why you why you put that picture together. Somebody witnesses, and the other people listen. Okay, so basically, what happens is is you're you've already told your story. Now other people are saying, "I heard you say this." Okay, and then you expound on what they heard you say. So that you could give them clarification of why, and then you sometimes that opens up things that you wouldn't even think are thinking about. Um, but it's, you know, I I've been to a lot of um, group, um, what do they call them group um, when when you when you have your your groups of uh, people that within the church that meet at a house or whatever, oh, like a small group type, yeah, of thing. yeah, small group type thing, yeah, yeah. But for me, that is my small group. And who can be a part of it? Anybody. Oh, anybody? Okay. It costs like $13. A, a costs like $13 just to get in the group for each, each collaging session. And then uh, where do you all meet at? Zoom. Oh, so it's all online. Yeah, then. so most of them I do is actually ones that are from Europe and stuff like that, too. Because oh. I, 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 I like to get, you know, I always like to think locally but act globally. Um, that was, that was something that was, that was a, I, I, you know, I try to be in touch with places other than here because, um, I think we're so blessed here that we need to realize how blessed we are. And it's kind of nice to meet in flesh and blood sometimes and be face to face. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to forsake the, the gathering and, and you know what? I do that a lot. Um, because, like I said, I haven't been going back to church since, um, and, and I and I struggle with that some, and and um, I struggle with that some, and and to, to where I'm gonna where that where that's gonna lead me, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's not that I don't. I, I, it's hard when you've moved so many times and you've. Um, and there's ne- you're there's never a perfect church because you're never the perfect person to be there. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I don't know. It's just, but uh, I like I like making my own choices of where where I'm going and and who I'm listening to and and um and I and I'm not sure that's the way you should be done. I, I don't. Matter of fact, I would say for most people that's for for all almost all people that's not the way it should be done. You should have your own uh, local church that you that you um, are plugged into. You know, just so you know, um, and you're you're welcome to visit if you'd like, and 
be part of it, but I'm, um, I meet with a group of men on Monday evenings at 6.30 and we have a little dinner together, like someone brings something in a crock pot or whatever. And we meet down here in Barnhart, right by the post office um, in the building. It's a little commercial building, but it's called the Harbor Community Church Building. Mm-hmm. And the men come from different churches. And um, and then we have a Bible discussion. So it's not like a class, yeah. but it really is a discussion. We work through discussion questions. We read a chapter together first, whatever we're on, and then we go through these questions. And they're, they're really good. They're things like, you know, what stood out to you um, about this chapter? What do you like? What do you not like? What does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about us? What's God saying to us through it, you know? And um, it's just a really good uh, discussion. So anyway, if you ever yeah. want to come be a part and just join in. I would in. love to do that. And I, But the hard part is, is people always have to tell me, especially if I'm a little bit manic, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> because, because it, it, uh, I mean, nobody has to tell me. Because, you know, but the thing is, is I, I go home and I say that to myself. Why did you talk? Why did you keep talking? Why didn't you just listen? And um, and I don't know why I do that, but I do. Yeah, I think um, we're all different. And um, for some people in the group, they need to be encouraged just to lay back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they have to remind themselves. And then some people need to be reminded to like speak up and just get more involved. And, you know, it's like a mix. So we all have to kind of... Uh, Work on that, you know, in one way or the other. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I was also wanting to ask you, um, like, what do you find really satisfying in life when you're doing it? Anything just just really feels satisfying to you in your life? Um, as fa- as sad as it sounds, is I enjoy um, visiting where my wife has a daycare and, and works with autism kids because um, though I never had kids myself, I do like, especially being around my nephews and nieces. Um, but even if it's someone else's children that are at her daycare or because, you know, uh, I believe we all come to God as a child if we're actually at our best. And, um, and children are so authentic and, um, and um, I'm not saying that I want to be there very when they're not when things aren't going well, but um, I'm considered the fun guy, and I get to come and have fun and leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes it that makes it really rewarding for me. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um. So. Um, has so has anything really impacted your life as far as like particular people or maybe even particular books or anything that you've experienced that really kind of made a big splash in your life? Well, I've been blessed. I was telling you about Paul Overstreet. He has books on everything, every song that he wrote, how he come up with the with the things. And um, I was uh, working at a Salvation Army and. A lady came in Arizona, came to drop off. Um, and we got to talking, just normal talk. And she, and um, she, she, uh, we came up with talking about 
I don't know what we came up with talking about. All I know is is that she got it arranged to where I could ha- I could have uh, meet him in the future, and I, I ended up releasing her of that promise. But I thought, I thought, how in the heck? My favorite country music singer. I had a double date when she was young with her, and then my favorite. I could have met him and talked about anything, and I thought, how can those things happen? And then how can I? How can I? How can I be best man? To two guys that were born on Thanksgiving Day when I was born on Thanksgiving Day. Those are just so, to me, those are just like, I mean, my wife really not really doesn't care about me wanting to go to a Sarah Evans concert and, be, and, and saying that that happened. But, um, uh, but how, how does things, I mean, how could, uh, things like that are just little bitty things of humor that I just can't believe happened in our life. I mean, and um, and there's all kinds of things like that where you meet people and things and things that you were able to do that you think, how did that happen? I I was not that good, but I, somehow somehow it, it arranged where I was able to do that, and um, and you know, so what I'm saying is is that all the things that's happened to me, there's been some other way in which God is just. Just giving me like, you are special. Get, look at this. You could do this if you want. And I think, well, I would do that, God, but I'm. my wife wants to help these people and we got to do this and this. And really, he's already said everything he could say in his books, in his songs. Why would he want to meet me? Why would I, why would I want to meet him? And I, and I think, and you know, he, and the thing, and I'm thinking, I get to see him on see him on interviews all the time. I, you know, if I want to go to Focus Family thing, I'll get to see him. I mean, I don't need a I don't need to take some I don't need to take make us have him take a special time out of his life to see me. He's already made himself available, and that's what Jesus has done in my life. He's made myself himself available in nature. He's made himself available in people. He's made himself available in the Word of God, and um. Though I want to see him, I will see him. And and that's my hope. And yeah. that's and I, I don't I don't think it's just a hope. It's gonna be it's gonna be realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, w- that's 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 something I believe. That's that's my faith. Yeah. I was the discussion group, um, there's one on Sunday mornings I'm a part of too, and we're going into First Peter, and um, what sounds yeah Sunday mornings and um, and that first chapter it's you know the author mentions like though you never you haven't seen him you love him and speaks about like a faith being like a living thing in us you know and um, so anyway I get, that's kind of coming across you know that. Uh, You've never seen Jesus, but you're filled with hope and yeah. that type of thing. And I heard something the other day from a Robert Morris sermon. It's like, you know, it said, it, I can't remember all of it, but it said, um, it said, it said, in all these translations, it said, do God's commandments. But then they found earlier transitions, translations where it didn't say do God's commandments, it said wash your robes. And I got to thinking about that. What is that? What is the difference in that? And um, and I'm like, uh, 
I'm like thinking, you know, I come, I try to come to God. I try to come to God. Um, just to say, I go take a shower every day. If I'm taking a shower every day, I see all this filth come off of me. I confess these things every day that, man, I'm short. I need help. You know, um, um, you know, I'm feeling grandiose. I mean, it's all, it's not about me. It's about you, isn't it? God. Um, and, um, and, uh, wash your robes. That's a whole lot different than the legalistic. I mean, it's not legalistic to say do his commandments. Cause if you love him, you will do his commandments, but wash your robes sounds so much like you're going somewhere with him. You're, you're getting up every day and you're going somewhere with him in your clean robes. And, um, and you and if you, um, he's directing your steps that day. I mean, there's, it sounds better to me for some reason. Yeah. You know, you're mentioning like a grand, leaning toward the grandiose. Mm -hmm. Now, in bipolar, is there also the opposite? Like, and that's kind of like just the depression and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was three years of my life where I was basically just depressed. I didn't, I didn't know what I was able to do. Um, medicine. You, you, it may sound like a. It may sound like it's not true, but medicine's going to make you the nicest guy in the world. And then next thing you know, you're the meanest guy in the world. Um, uh, if you don't believe me, ask my wife. Um, it's uh, When you're dealing with brain chemistry, um, and, and you know what? The same thing with stress. I mean, um, for me, I, I will, if something is going really bad, I will go straight to ER and get a Haldol shot uh, because my my um, my breaks or episodes are life threatening, hmm. um, and the depression I I I can feel so bad that I want to die, but I I never I I think it's my faith that keeps me from actually. Um, even considering suicide, and when and that's only was in the that has not been recently, but um, way back. Um, so um, I don't know. I I think I think your faith is able to help you overcome some things, but not everything. And then the grandiose times is that enjoyable? Do you? It, it, uh, sometimes they're enjoyable. Sometimes they're not. Okay. Um, sometimes. It, Sometimes it can just turn on a dime. Sometimes right. you could be out preaching somewhere. The next thing you know, you're naked on an interstate. Uh, uh, it's, it's sad. It is sad. I, I, I hate to even bring it up, but there's just so many. That, that's, that's where I was at one point in my life. Mm -hmm. so, I've had SWAT teams outside my house. Um, yeah. It's, it so, can be really, I mean, so it it's, can be really bad. So it's not just feeling... And uh, like optimistic and wonderful, it's like no, more than that. Huh? It can it can make you feel um, like you've been cheated by, like the government's um, a paranoia towards the government or a paranoia uh, that that you've been um, shortchanged some way, and or it can be a lot of things. And and you know what? There's it's there's a lot of things that can happen that. That yeah, there's there's just a lot of things that can happen. Mm -hmm. But medication helps quite a bit. 
my recent medication is the best that's ever helped. Um, but um, when when I'm in high stress, um, like I said, I I have to go to the ER to get a Haldol shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the thing is, it's just that it, you just don't know. You have to you have to trust someone like your like for me. I have to trust my wife to tell me. Um, I, it's not that I don't know when I'm you know, loud or trying, trying extra hard or feeling extra uh, awesome (laughs) or, you know, that I'm brilliant, even though it's a simple game that really is not that great, (laughs) but, you know, it's, you know, you can't stop living. You just, you've, you've got, you just do the best you can. And, um, and yeah, and it's, it's just another way of doing the best you can. You know, I feel like my parents did the best they can. Do I think they did perfect? No, they didn't do it perfect. Um, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that was one of my problems, or you know, because it wasn't. They did the best they can. I reacted the way I reacted, and then somehow God directed my steps to where I am now. Besides medication, what kind of non-medication type of treatment is helpful? Well, I, I used to walk. A lot and um, try to try to watch my weight, but I stopped doing that when my knees got hurting so bad. Um, you know, that's that's me just being lazy. I'm not making food. I mean, it talks about it in the Bible. If you don't want to cook your food and make a nutritious meal and take the time, then that's that's on you. Um, and yeah, and uh, you know, it's very easy for me to be an emotional eater. Um, and and you know, I'll be the first one to say that. You know, maybe I should be not just talking like I'm talking now, but actually doing more things like that. Um, um, but at the same, well, I, there I go saying "but" again. I don't. I hate to say it because it, I, "but" is a word that's supposed to negate. Uh, uh, neg- what's it called? Uh, negate. Uh, negate right. what you said before it. So yeah. It's one of my it's one of my downfalls. So, um, besides like medical treatment, like physical fitness type of stuff can be helpful too. I guess is that what you're trying to say? Like when you do it, and I think work for anybody, right? If you have something that engages your mind, right? If you have something where you feel like you're actually helping somebody, Mm -hmm. uh, that is that is. I don't, that is the most therapeutic thing you can do is help somebody. Right. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap up. Um, so it's been a good conversation. Is there anything that you want to mention here before we wrap up? No, okay. I just, I just want to say that, um, For whatever reason you do this, I'm sure you. I'm sure you. I'm sure you get a lot from this, and I'm sure that the Lord is very pleased that you're able to do this and actually speak into someone's life by actually listening. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy it. I enjoy the conversation, the connection, and then being able to share it to the listeners is just like an extra icing on the cake type of thing. Yeah. But thanks for being a guest. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm.